Welcome to X Church. How are you doing? You good? I am so glad that Snowmageddon has not hit yet. Like that's when you know that God is smiling on you as a pastor when the snow comes after church. That's what you feel, right? I, I feel bad for the rest of the Midwest that already got it, but for God loves us. So anyways, I, I'm glad that you're here today. And, um, you know, we, we're on a kind of a journey as we've begun this new year, not, not just kind of leaning into this idea of what it means to kind of be different and live different. But one of the ways that we start off this year, and we do it at this church every year, is with a fast, 21 days of prayer and fasting and so, by the way, here's the cool part. We are turning the corner on the last week of the fast. Are you doing okay? Are you all right? Are you surviving? I, I got to be honest with you. I could go for some sugar right now. I could really use some sugar right now. I really could use something to drink other than water right now. I'm just, that, that, that's just me. I could really use that. But I do know this, and this is why I want to encourage you. Maybe you've never done a fast before, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard can I just tell you what I've often discovered? It tends to be toward the end of the fast when things start exploding in my heart. And so I just want to encourage you, like this week of all weeks, like lean into it and with God and connect with him and watch as he begins to kind of reveal some things to you, okay? That, that's my encouragement with you with that. And, you know, if you were here last week, we started into a, a conversation to kick off this year talking about what it looks like to have a different year. Here's what I know. I feel like every year... When we flip the calendar, I know I'm like this, immediately my mind starts thinking, okay, this is it. It's time to get back on track. You ever feel this way? It's like, okay, time to start eating better because the last two months before that, I just threw it away, you know? And, and so I start thinking like, okay, now it's time to get back on track. Now it's like, this is the time where I'm going to get, I'm going to start eating healthy every single day. I'm going to be working out. I'm going to, here's the goals. I'm going to set these resolutions, these goals. And and then, and then that just kind of wanes after a little bit. I, I know you felt like that. But, but then we tell ourselves, this year is going to be different, right? This year, it's going to be completely different, and a lot of times, it never changes. You, you ever heard this um, really basic definition of insanity? You've probably heard this one, right? Right? It's doing the same thing, but expecting what? Different results. That's a basic definition of insanity. And yet, let's be honest, that's how most of us operate. I just want to be real. That's how I operate. Well, I just, I'm just expecting things to change this year. Well, I'm just expecting the marriage to get better this year. I'm just expecting our finances, we're going to dig out of a hole. We're finally going to be in a good place, and it's going to be great. I'm going to feel the margin. I'm just expecting. This is, this is what we often think. This is going to be different, but then we don't change anything. And then we get frustrated, and we wonder why nothing seems to change, because it's the definition of insanity, Okay. So if we want to experience something different, let, let me say it to you this way. If you want different, you must live different. Let me say that. If you want different, you must live different. Now, this is easier said than done because I think most of us, when we look at the world around us and maybe we see kind of how it all falls apart, when we look around us and we're like, oh my gosh, so I think, I, like I see that marriages are crumbling and I see that people are panicked and they're, they're, they're living in fear. And I look around and I see like a, people are just struggling in so many different ways, emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And, and it's like, okay, we, we see all of that and we look around and, and we think, not me, I'm going to live different. I'm going to be different. We say that. And we, we might think that, but then a lot of times it doesn't actually translate into us living different. I, I, wanna, I want what everybody else has, but I also want to be different. 
And I don't know if you ever feel like this. I do sometimes. I feel like I'm sometimes stuck between two worlds. I don't know if you ever feel like that. As a follower of Christ, I really feel like I'm stuck between two worlds. I feel like I'm stuck between the world around me where I see all of these things, and honestly, I want all of these things. And then I see the life that God's called me to with purpose and eternity. And and so I end up feeling this tension inside of me because I want things to be different, but I also want to live like everybody else. I want my life to count. For God, I bet you do too. We all kind of think, I want my life to mean something. I want my, I want to capital. But I also kind of, uh, you know, I really want to get ahead over here and I, I really want to have this kind of lifestyle. And, I really, and, and so I don't know if you feel this tension, but I do. I feel stuck, trapped between two different worlds. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I think as a follower of Christ, I think deep down inside what we do really want is we do want different. I want the life when Jesus said, I came to give life and life to the fullest. I want that. I want that kind of life. I want something that's different in my life, but I feel the pull, the constant pull to match what the world offers. And so I want to share with you just a real simple message today. This is not going to be deep. It's not going to be complex. It's it's probably going to be one of the most basic messages I'll preach, and sometimes I think almost too simple. But then I also wonder if maybe sometimes simple is the very thing that God can use to actually unlock something that could actually change something. And, and so if you've got your Bible with you, I want to take you to, uh, we're going to be in two places, but Romans chapter 12 first. Romans 12 verse 2. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. There's a, I love this passage that the Apostle Paul talks about the tension that we all feel. There's a tension, and, 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 and Paul kind of helps us understand where that tension comes from. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. Do not conform to the pattern of this what? Everybody say it, of this. Don't conform. There's a pattern in this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here's what I know. If you're someone like me that you follow Jesus, I want to know God's plan and purpose for my life. I want to discover it. I want to walk in it. I want to honor him. I want to serve him. I want to, I want to, okay, God, how did you wire me and make me? I want to experience all that you have for me. I feel that. I feel the pull. I feel the pull. But on the other side, I feel the pull to also conform to the pattern of this world. There, there's, a, there's a pull. And the problem is, is that we, we struggle between conforming to the pattern of this world or the purpose of God. That, that's our struggle. That's where we're caught in this tension. I'm talking about an internal tension inside of all of us. And I wonder if Paul knew something about the power of conforming. See, see the truth is this. We all conform to some pattern. You, you and I do. We all conform to some pattern. There's something inside of us that we naturally just kind of lean, we conform right into some patterns. Now, here's what I would say. We most often conform to the pattern of the environment around us. It's the natural thing. You, will, you by default, you're gonna conform to the pattern of what's around you. Have you ever noticed this? And I want you to think about this if for just a moment. Like, have you ever noticed that you've caught yourself as you've grown up, like, living out some of the same idiosyncrasies that your parents did? Have you ever found yourself sometimes standing a certain way and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm my mother. Have you ever, have you ever felt that way? Or you've ever said something's come out of your mouth to your kids and you're like, oh my gosh, I just became my dad. Like, 
what just happened to me? Or the way you say things, you know, listen, it's because we don't realize this. It's so sneaky, but we naturally conform to patterns that we see all around us. And it's, it's really found in the environment around us. That's why you'll, you'll see some people when you meet them, they sound like they have an accent. It's because they come from someplace other than where you come from. Have you ever noticed that? I noticed that when Pastor Russ um, moved up from Atlanta. He moved from Atlanta. And he came, I remember one time he said to me, he said, you want to go get lunch? You won't get lunch? And I was like, no, I'm going to get lunch. You won't get lunch? I was like, you won't get, no, I'm going to, I'm going to eat today. And then I realized he was saying, you want to go get lunch. And I realized that's a, that's a, is that Atlanta? That's a, that's how you say it in the South. You say won't instead of want because and I didn't recognize it because it was just a pattern. Is that true? It's a pattern, right? It's, it's, he says it's the correct way that you say won't instead of want. Okay, that's fine. Um, what, what I'm saying is we don't even realize it, but we're picking up things that are around us without even noticing. That's why Paul is so specific when he says, you need to recognize this. You want to walk in what God has for you this year? You want to discover if some of you are going, I just want to know God's plan and his purpose, and I want to discover it. Here's what you need to notice. First thing, you got to stop conforming to the pattern around you because it's the natural thing to do. You're going to just naturally conform. I think Paul would want us to understand this. By default, we're conformers, not transformers. We're not Autobots in disguise. I just didn't, I didn't know who would pick up that reference. I don't know if that's an old, I just, I grew up watching Transformers when I was a kid, okay? And, and we're naturally conformers, not transformers. In other words, you need to recognize that your natural bent is to pick up the pattern of what is around you. And here is the, the, the challenge is, as a Christ follower, if you're someone of, of faith as a Christ follower, you begin to notice and see some differences in the way the world is and the way I'm called to live. And, and the challenge is, is that many of us who are followers of Jesus, listen, we struggle with the same problems as the rest of the world because we have the same patterns. The reason why we might struggle with the same addictions and the reason why we might see the same number of marriages fail, the reason why we see a lot of these same problems exist in our lives and inside the church as it does outside is because we actually have the same patterns as the rest of the world. And Paul says, you, you, you don't conform to the pattern of what you see around you, what you're immersed in, because God has more for you. Now, how do we do that? How do we not conform to the path? That's a really good question, right? How is it we do this? Here's what Paul said. You be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let me just, let me just say something. Um, I've grown up around church a long time in my life. And I've known this verse for a long time. And every time I would hear this verse said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I would always picture that there's going to be some kind of mystical, magical moment where God's going to just come all over me and he is going to redo my mind so that no longer am I going to continue to struggle conforming to the patterns of this world. That's what I've often pictured. Like, how did, how did like my mind just get transformed? Like, there's a magical thing. You know what most of us want God? We want God to be more like Morpheus. Say, here, red pill or blue pill? Red pill? It's like the world. Blue pill? Like heaven. Pick a pill. Pick a pill. Wouldn't it be great if it were that easy? 
I'd be like, all right, blue pill, I'm good, right? I, I would love it, but what I'm trying to say is that this journey of what Paul speaks of, this tension, if you want to live different, you've got to think different, that it's actually not just some kind of magical thing that God does the moment you say yes. It's actually something like a process that you and I have to actually walk out. And I wanna show you what that process looks like in a really simple form. And so here's where we're gonna to jump to our other passage and we're gonna put these together. It's found in Colossians 3. Colossians chapter three. If you wanna jump there, Colossians 3. I see these two verses, both written by Paul, different environments to different churches, but I see, I believe that they are connected. They're connected. And so let's allow Colossians 3 to really guide us today. Here's what Paul said to the church. And he said this, since then you have been raised with Christ. In other words, that's, that means I, you've declared I follow Jesus. Like, the, like Tyler, we got to witness his baptism. That's raised with Christ, right? Pretty incredible, by the way. I think we could just celebrate with Tyler one more time. Just So if, if that has been you, then this speaks to you, okay? If you were like Tyler at one point in that journey. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things where? Say it out loud. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Why? For you died. No, I didn't. I'm still here. He's talking about... He's talking about your sinful nature. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, I, I, wanna, I wanna first help you understand something, especially if maybe you're new to faith or new to following Jesus. The moment you say yes to him and you surrender your life to him, for me, it was when I was 17 years old. The, the moment that I said, okay, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus, Here's what the Bible says about you. Something changes and transforms, okay, that you actually become a new creation in Christ. So, so you, you actually, some, it, it can happen an instant in a moment. Like the moment you bow your knee, the moment you say, God, fill my life. The moment you say, I'm yours. The moment you say, forgive me. The moment you, I, I assume many of you have had those kind of, that kind of moment. But the moment that happens, here's what happens. You die to yourself and you've been raised to new life in Christ. And here's what's crazy. You become a new person. Like you could show up at church, you could hear the gospel, you could respond, and here's the cool thing. You could literally in that moment by faith become a brand new person. It's the most amazing thing ever. And then you're gonna walk out that door and you probably struggle with some of the same things that happened before. And you can sit there and go, wait a minute, I thought something happened. It did. Here's what you need to understand. You become a new person, but you still have old patterns. Okay? You become a new person. The problem is you still have old patterns because you maybe spent the last 20, 15, 30, 40 years of your life in some destructive patterns. We all have some sinful patterns, some simple way of thinking that you've spent years and years developing some habits that are unhealthy, some habits that are actually harmful to you. And so we have a moment with God and we're like, okay, I'm made new. And then you walk out and you're like, I'm still struggling to cuss like a sailor at work. <laughs> I still just, I just, that same day I blew up at my spouse. I thought I would not do that again. 
That same night, I'm struggling with thoughts of lust. That same week, I'm struggling to fall back into the same pattern. That same Friday, I drink too much. That same, and we're, we're kind of, we struggle. We're like, why? Well, it's because you're a new person. God didn't make you new on the inside, but you have these old patterns in your life. And so here's what Paul said. He said, you actually have to do something. Because most of us go, okay, I'm raised a life in Christ, so here we go. Here we go. I'm going to be like Jesus walking around everywhere I go. Here I go. Here I go. And Paul says, yeah, I know you've been raised to life in Christ. Now here's what you got to do. Now you have to set your mind. Now you have to set your mind on things above and not on the earth. There's an active thing that you have to do. See, I think most of us go, God, I want you to renew my mind. Transform me by renewing my mind. God says, I will. But here's what you have to do. You actually have to learn how to set your mind on things above. It actually is something you have to do. Can I, can I give you just a couple thoughts that maybe help, help you set your mind on things above? Here's the first one. I, I think we have to learn to set the direction of our attention. Set the direction of your attention. Isn't that kind of what we try to do at the first of every year? Don't we kind of, okay, I'm going to regroup. I'm going to reorient. I'm going to set, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get up early, and I'm going to go to the gym, and I'm going to get a better rhythm for my life, and I'm going to go to bed earlier. How many times do we say that? I'm going to get up earlier, and I'm going to go to bed earlier. Okay, you might, you might, you might but I mean, this is what we all say, right? I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start walking the dog instead of just sending the dog outside. I'm going to, like, these are all the things. And, and we, we begin to kind of, this is what we do at the first of the year. We try to set the, the, the direction of our attention. And, and this is what the world does around us. And, and, and that's nothing wrong with that. Set goals, set resolutions, do all that to your heart's desire. But you know what we've discovered that I think actually can bring real change because most of the time our resolutions fail? Like, I can't wait until February because I'm a gym guy, and I can't wait till everybody's out of the gym so that I can just have it back the way it was. Listen, this is one of the reasons why we actually change things. We don't just kind of think and write out goals and resolutions, pull my bootstraps up, and I'm going to make my life better this year. You know what we do? We begin with a fast. Right. You know what happens when you begin the year with a fast? You're actually setting the direction of your attention and your affection on God. There's something actually really powerful about it. You, you may go, oh, why are we going to fast? I don't like doing that. Yeah, but what you're actually learning to do is you're learning to set the direction of the attention of your life. And here's what we all need to understand. The world is vying for your attention. The world around you wants your attention. I don't even think we realize how much, and I think about the world that we live in today where um, technology has really helped us see that the world around us wants our attention. Do you realize that the algorithm of this world is to keep your attention? That's the algorithm of this world, right? That's something we've learned. This is a, it's been like a hot word for the last like few years. All of a sudden, algorithm, right? Everybody's hearing about this algorithm. There's this algorithm. Well, well, this algorithm has existed, but it's really been amplified in our lives over the last decade or so. Can I tell you this? The news media, I don't care which station you listen to, they all have the same agenda. It's not even to push one thing or another. They want to keep your attention because if they can keep your attention, they can sell more ads and make more money. Did you know that? That's the goal. It's, it's, it's fighting for your attention. Facebook. Facebook. The algorithm for Facebook, we've all learned about the algorithm for Facebook, right? It might be the Antichrist. We're not really sure. But 
Do you know Facebook, the only thing Facebook cares about is to keep you in this pattern. Take your hand like this. Everybody take your hand right in front of you. Doesn't that feel so natural? Just do that. Some of you are like, I am so good at this, Pastor. I know. You developed a pattern. Your thumb, it just, you, you knew this without even thinking, uh-huh, yep. No, yeah, sure, I'll get that. Uh-huh, yep, honey, uh-huh, double click. Yep, yep, I got that. Like, we, we don't even realize, but it's a pattern. That I'm trying to show you. These are the patterns of our world today. That, that There's an algorithm in the world, and the algorithm of our world is to keep our attention. It, that's the focus. That's why Instagram has an algorithm. Keep your attention. Now, now do you know how an algorithm works? Let me give you a little insight into how the algorithm, we just hear, everybody's like, I just hear about this algorithm. I don't even know who he is. Listen, let me tell you how the algorithm works. This is how it works. The algorithm tracks your patterns and then feeds you more of your patterns. So the things that you look at, it goes, oh, he likes that. She likes that. I'll give her more. That's what the algorithm does. It tracks your patterns and then it feeds it. The pattern. Can I tell you this? The devil has an algorithm too. The devil has an algorithm. He, he wants you to stay trapped in your insecurities so that you never believe that your value really comes from God rather than from what you can do for others or what somebody else gives you. The devil, the devil has an algorithm. We need to be aware of it. The devil wants you to chase after everything in this world that you don't have rather than trusting in the provision of God who said, I will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The devil wants you chasing that thing you don't have. See, the devil has an algorithm. This is, we need to understand this as a follower of Christ because if we don't understand that the world around us is vying for our attention and the devil, some people go, well, the devil just wants us to worship him. No, he doesn't. The devil don't care about that as long as he can take your attention off of heaven and put it on anything. It can even be something that seems good. Your kids. I hear parents sometimes say, they're my whole world. I'm saying, really? They're your whole world? They're, they're your whole life? Hey, they're a blessing from God, but they're not your whole world. But when you make them your whole world, God stops being first. This happens all the time. I just want to get real. Can we get real? Like, and, and what we don't understand is that these patterns, these patterns, if you do them long enough, if you absorb them long enough, they actually become a pathway in your brain. Did you know that? See, here's the thing about patterns that maybe we don't understand is that when you for so long just believe what someone said about you, when you for so long just begin to receive and believe what, because of this happened to me, this is, I'm worthless, I'm no good, I'm always going to be depressed, I'm always going to live with anxiety, I'm always going to struggle. When you live with that kind of thinking, what you don't even realize you're doing is that you're creating a pathway inside your brain so that it becomes natural. That's what's happening. It's, it's just natural. It's become a pathway. Here's what you need to understand. This is not theology. I'm talking about neurology right now. I don't know if you know this, but um, God has created us in a very unique way. I want you to understand this, that um, you have in your body about 100 billion neurons, okay? Now, uh, uh, neurons are these very unique looking cells in the synapses, the space of your brain, okay? 
that actually create and connect. They have receptors on the end called dendrites. And these receptors are constantly looking for messages from other neurons. And so when a neuron gets stimulated by something, gets excited, gets, so these are where your thoughts come from. These are where your feelings arrive from. Okay, these are where your function ultimately comes from, your body. That what happens is they, somebody gets excited and it sends off a chemical message and the other neurons around it are going, oh, I'll take that. Oh, I'll take that. And whenever different parts of your brain light up, oh, the memory side to this side, different neurons light up. And what happens is that your brain, inside your brain, it forms a highway. It's called a, a neural pathway. Maybe you've heard that term before. There's a, there's a neural network inside of you, and whenever you repeat something over and over and over again, it creates a little, I'm, I'm not talking about spiritual, I'm talking about physiologically, it creates a pathway in your brain so that it becomes secondhand nature. This is why, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple examples. This happened to me a couple weeks back. I don't know if this ever happened to you. I, I was talking to my wife, and I was getting ready to go meet her somewhere. I'm driving. I'm in an area, like I just finished working out. Something like, okay, I do this every day at this gym, whatever. And we were going to go meet at this place. And while I was talking to her, without even thinking about it, I turned on this road and started to drive home. Have you ever done that? It's like, whoa, what, what did I just do? I realized that. I'm like, wait, wait, I'm going the wrong way. I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking, and I turned that way. Or for some of you, this is really scary, but it's, that, it's the whole reason why sometimes you drive home from work, and when you get home, you're like, I don't remember my trip. I could have killed somebody or myself. I wasn't paying attention. Did I stop at the red lights? I don't know if I stopped at the red lights. What did I just, I don't remember it. It's because you have done it so many times, you've created a neural pathway in your brain that you can literally do it without thinking. It's also why it's so hard to learn new things because to learn to ride a bike is really hard. I remember teaching my daughters how to ride a bike and it was one of the most frustrating processes if you ever do it as a parent. Like it sounds like, oh, I'm gonna teach my kids how to ride a bike. Oh, it was hell. It was so bad. I remember Lauren like trying to get her to ride a bike and there's like, don't let go. And it's like, I'd let go, but she didn't know I'd let go. And then when she noticed I let go, then she fell. And then she got mad and scraped her knee and she yelled, I'm never gonna ride a bike and ran out of the house. Like, I don't know if you ever have those kind of moments as a parent, but I had to teach her how to like, and so what happens when you fall? You say, no, you gotta get back on the bike. Because if you do this over and over enough, you'll learn how to do it. What's interesting for some of you is that maybe you haven't been on a bicycle for 20 years, but I promise you if I got a bike out right now and you got on it, you could ride it. Why? Because you created a neural pathway in your brain for riding a bike. It's a pattern. You created a pattern. Here's the challenge. I want to follow Jesus. This year, I'm going to do it the right way. This year, I'm gonna, this is the year I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so close to him and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no to sin and I'm gonna say yes to God and whatever he calls me to do, I'm gonna step into it and I'm super excited and I'm gonna say yes to God, I'm gonna do all that, but then all of a sudden I get sucked right back into the patterns of my life and I don't even realize why and how. And then I get frustrated and I'm like, what's wrong with me? Well, the problem is, is that Paul would say, you actually need to learn now to set your mind on things above. How do I do that? How do I do that? Set the direction of your attention. That's what a fast helps you do. If there's anything that hopefully will come out of this fast, other than your connection with God grows deeper and you hear from him, I, I hope that he maybe speaks to you about the direction of your attention. 
that he says, hey, listen, maybe instead of, instead of having a streak on Snapchat, you get a streak on the Bible app. Maybe you need to put this away or limit the amount of time that you spend on it because we're spending on average three to four hours a day on social media. Do you think that we're actually developing some patterns? Patterns of the way we think because of what we keep seeing while we're scrolling? Yeah, we don't even realize it, but we're actually creating patterns. Patterns that are taking us away from what God wants to. So we have to learn to set our mind. Let me, let me give you this thought. Here's this thought. It's gonna be real simple. We're gonna end with this. We need to learn to create a different pattern. I, this is gonna be really, really simple what I'm gonna end with, but, but I, it's, it's really the pattern in my life personally that has made the biggest impact. But we need to learn to create a different pattern. Can I tell you some good news if you're sitting here and going, gosh, I've been struggling with this and I struggle with smoking and I've wanted to stop for 20 years and I can't do it. I've I've struggled with this sin for so long. I've struggled with this bad habit for so long. And it's like, I can't do it. Can I I give you some good news? Here's what, what we know. When Paul says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it's actually possible. It's possible. I don't know if you know that, but it is actually possible. Some of you have been locked into the same kind of patterns for so long. What he's telling us, and and, and I think Paul wasn't even a neuroscientist, but he understood something, was that you can actually rewire your brain. Did you know that? Scientists have discovered something fascinating about our brains. Discovered something called (laughs) neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity, everybody say that out loud. Neuroplasticity. See, they've discovered that our, our brains, we, in our neurons, that we actually have an ability to remap or rewire the network inside of us. It's an incredible thing that, that we have, and I believe that God has created that. So now I'm starting to understand in a physiological sense what Paul was saying in a spiritual sense. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, God, I'm waiting for you to do it. And God says, yeah, but I actually gave you all that you need. I'm waiting for you to do it. You need to learn to set your mind on things above. You need to create a new pattern. You need to set your mind on a new pattern. And you know what research has shown us? That it takes usually, on average, at least 66 days of repetition to create a new pattern. That's on average. Some things, some people, it takes as many as 254 days in studies that they've done to create a new pattern. This is why, you know this old adage that it takes 21 days to form a new habit? That's, that's almost impossible. That's why so many people are so excited about going to the gym in less than three weeks, they quit. It's because it actually takes longer than that to change your thinking. Well, if I, if I just keep at it, the problem isn't the practice, it's the pattern in your thoughts. I, I remember Kevin used to work out with me, Kevin Illich. What's up, brother? We used to work out with me. Uh, back when he, you know, I made him strong. That's why he's so strong now. But he, he used to work out with me, and it just, it, it just reminded me, um, whenever we get together and we'd start doing cardio and get on there, and he would always show up late for cardio, just like you, Pastor Russ. He always shows up late for cardio. I'm sorry. I just, I'm being so mean to you. I should not. I'm sorry. But, but, but he would always show up late. Just when I'm, like, about finished with 20 minutes of running cardio, he would hop on there, and he would say, you know what? This year, he would say, I'm a runner. 
I'm like, you don't even show up. And he's like, I, I know, but I'm a runner. And he would say it every time. Well, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. He would just say, and I'm like, you are crazy. You never run. Today, what do you do? He's a runner. He runs. Listen, I, I thought, you're, you're crazy. What are you doing? And then all of a sudden, I realized something. He was actually creating the pattern up here before he actually lived it out. And all of a sudden, I realized that maybe the battle before you go, well, I just want to break this habit. I want to stop this, and I want to do this. Maybe the battle starts here. Maybe we need to create a different pattern because some of us are stuck in the cycle of destructive patterns, destructive thoughts patterns, destructive addiction patterns. And so, so I want to just end with this. How do I create a new pattern that can bring life? How do I create a new pattern of setting my mind on things above? This is going to be so simple, you're going to laugh, okay? But this is when I thought about my journey of faith. When I, when I think about like, okay, what are the things that have actually helped me grow closer to Christ in my journey? It came down to two patterns that I've had in my life. And those two patterns are daily devotions and weekly worship. I know it's so simple. So simple, you might not even write it down. Daily devotions and weekly worship. These are the two patterns when I look back at my life that have actually helped transform my mind. You, you know, the psalmist said, God, you are my God, he said. And he said, early in the morning, I seek after you. I, I think about the psalmist who, who said in Psalm 119, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That there's something about creating a pattern of time with God or, or like Lamentations 3 that reminds us that God's mercies are new every morning. Can I ask you a question? If God's mercy is new every morning, then maybe do you think we need to receive it every morning? You see, one of the things that I'm so blessed that my mom really kind of drilled into me when I was about 17 or 18 years old, she got me this Bible. And it was a one-year Bible. And it had the whole Bible broken down into these simple little readings with a little date above it. And she said, I just want to encourage you, try doing this. It takes 15 minutes a day and read this. And since I've been like 17 or 18 years old, I have pretty much read through the Bible every single year in my devotion time. Do you know how many times I've read through the Bible? Oh, I'm not going to tell you because some of you think I'm a lot younger than I really am. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I've read through it so much. And sometimes you feel like it's like, what's the point? I feel like this is, I don't even get this. I don't understand. I'm just reading this crazy story from the Old Testament. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I know it may not make a lot of sense in that moment, but guess what I was actually doing? I was creating a new pattern. It didn't feel like much at the time. It's like, you know, when you go to the gym once and you go, okay, and you get on the scale and go, oh my gosh, nothing changed. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was that over the years, if I would keep doing it, every single day that I was actually creating a new pattern in my mind. I was creating a new pattern because all of a sudden, every time I would read it, something new would happen. And I may not even realize it, that in that moment that God was recentering my life every single day, that God was confronting my sin when I would read about it, that God was kind of inspiring my faith when I would read about the stories of the faith. And I don't even realize it, but it was creating a new highway for God's truth in my mind. Do you know how important this is? 
Because let me tell you the way the devil works. He's going to show up as the father of lies, and he's going to speak a little word in your mind. He's got a little form of deception. And if you don't actually already have a highway for the truth of God's word in your mind, you're tempted to believe that lie that just came in. And so I didn't even realize it, but I started to create a pattern that created this ability to recognize when the devil is trying to do something in my life. Can, can I just suggest something maybe for some of you that are like, I, I'm trying to follow Jesus, but I don't see anything different happening in my life. I, I need to do something big for God. No, you don't. No, you don't. Start with daily devotions. Connect with him. Journal your thoughts and your prayers. It doesn't have to be long. Journal your anger. Journal these things. Get a reading plan. We're so excited about our snap streaks, yeah? I'm excited about my version streak. 1,047 days in my version app. I'm pumped about that. I am, I'm pumped about that. And then you know what it did for me? I'm like, I can't miss a day. I can't miss a day, I can't lose my streak. I can't miss a day. You know what, whatever it takes, the, the, here's what I know is that if you will just, I need God's word in my heart and in my mind because, and you just keep doing it. I don't think it's making any difference. You're developing a new pattern of thinking by setting your mind on things above. That's the first one, daily devotions. The other thing is weekly worship. Weekly worship. You know what's interesting in the Old Testament when God um, spoke to Moses after they left slavery in Egypt and they're wandering in the wilderness. God told Moses, I want you to build a church, a portable church that you can take with you. It's called the tabernacle. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 8 tells, reminds us that God warned Moses on the mountain. And he said, make sure you build it exactly to the pattern that I have shown you because it's a copy of what's in heaven. Have you ever considered that maybe this thing that we do when we gather together that is actually a pattern for us to copy for what we're gonna do one day in heaven. It's not just like, oh, I, I don't feel like going to church today. No, 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 you might be missing what God wants us to do. I want you to create a weekly pattern. I want you to create a pattern in your life of coming and joining in the community and worshiping me and connecting and being inspired in your faith and stepping into the presence, the unique presence of God in the church. You don't realize it because I actually gave you this as a pattern because that's what we're going to be doing together. And so, so often we, it's not that much of a priority today. They, they said before the pandemic, on average, Christians today in churches around this country would attend church about once every three weeks. That's our rhythm. That's our consistency. After the pandemic, they're saying about once every four, five, or six days, or every six weeks. What's happened? We formed a new pattern. By the way, can I say this? During the pandemic, many people formed a new pattern. That's what they did. And I'm reminded of what the writer of Hebrews says. In Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. Listen to this. He said this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some, look at this, are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Here's what I want you to see. 
weekly worship can be a pattern. Not meeting together regularly can be a pattern. They both develop habits. And Paul, Paul is challenging us, set your mind on things above. Can I just tell you two practices in my life that have reshaped, has rewired, remapped my mind, created new neural networks. Sometimes in the morning when I'm coming to church on Sunday, I'm driving, I'm not even thinking about where I'm going because I've done it so many times. I have a new pattern in my mind and that new pattern begins to change things in my life. And so I am so grateful. Can I just say how grateful I am? I want you to hear this parents. Hear this as somebody who's now thankful that their parents took them to church every single week. I'm standing here today saying, I'm grateful that my mom and dad had me, my brother and my sister in church every single week. And it wasn't an option. Well, Billy doesn't wanna go. Well, Billy doesn't get to call the shots when Billy's young. I call the shots and as a family, we're going to church every single week. We're gonna make it a pattern in our lives. Listen, and, and I know some of you are like, well, I just don't wanna impose my faith on my kids. That's okay, be a parent. Invite them into the atmosphere. Invite them into the community because it'll change their life. Can I tell you something? Today, me, my brother, and my sister all follow Jesus, all go to church regularly, all have a real relationship with God. You know why? Because my parents created a pattern for us to follow. And oh, by the way, I see, I see another pattern forming. See, I don't think we realize the power of patterns. I see another pattern forming. I see it forming in my kids. I see it forming in my kids. Because my parents set this pattern for us where we saw them daily connecting with Jesus. It was real. Where they took us to church and it was a priority of our lives. I know it's so simple. This is, this is what pastors always say. It, it, I don't know how else to describe it, but these are the things that have actually changed my life. I wanna discover the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. It's happened from those two basic practices in my life, those patterns. And guess what? Now, I'm in a position where I'm seeing the pattern repeat because I've got two daughters that both love Jesus and they both love coming to church. In fact, this, this past week, this, I had this really, really awesome father moment. It's a really special moment for me. We came to prayer night. My family came, we came to prayer night on Tuesday. It was like 90 people here. It was incredible. And uh, my daughter, she came to prayer night. My Audrey, she, my 16-year-old daughter drove herself to prayer night. She wanted to be here. It's just while everybody is just kind of all over the place praying, I just, I'm trying to pray, but I'm also watching her just like pray to God like she knows him. Like, this is such a cool moment, you know? And when we got done, it was, it was an incredible night. Powerful, powerful night. It was a powerful night. She came up to me and she hugged me and she said, Daddy, she said, I love these nights. This is a 16-year-old girl, a prayer meeting. She said, Dad, I love these. I love what we do on Sundays. But she said, these nights change me. And you know what I, I realized? I'm seeing a pattern. My parents, they showed me a pattern. And, and it became my pattern. And it's becoming my daughter's pattern. We don't even realize the power of the pattern right here and the pattern that we set actually has the power to replicate generational patterns afterwards. This is how important this is. And I know this was so simple and 
And, and, and I know you're all here, and so I'm like preaching to the choir, but I also know that some of us, it's not been a regular pattern of your own personal daily devotion with God. Maybe this is replacing it. This does not replace it. This builds it. This adds to it. But why do we do this weekly and gather together as a community? Because it's a pattern of what we're going to do in heaven with God. That's how important this is. Amen? Come on, I want you to stand to your feet with me because there's another pattern that's really important for us. There's a pattern of being in the presence of God. There's a pattern of setting your attention, your focus. I want to invite you to just close your eyes for a moment here. What would it look like for in this moment for you just to drown out all the distractions and just think about Jesus? Just think about his saving grace. Just think about how much he loves you. Father, in in this moment, I pray that our lives, God, would fall so deeply in love with you. Our minds would be renewed. God, I, I pray that you help me identify patterns in my life that are pulling me toward the world rather than you. And God, I I just pray in this moment that, Lord, you would begin to renew our minds. If you're here today and you're saying, God, I want you to renew my mind, I want to pray specifically for you. Would you just lift your hand if that's you? Say, that's me tonight. I need God to renew my mind today. If that's you today. God, I pray right now for all those, God, the hands everywhere. People say today, God, I need a new mind. God, I I need to set my attention on you. I want to set my affection on you. God, I want to set the the direction of my life towards you. God, help me not to conform. I pray for every person here today. Say, God, help us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but God, to be renewed by the transformation that happens through our minds in Christ Jesus. God, we set our minds on you. God, I'm grateful that, Lord, you have become the foundation of my life. You're the foundation of this church. You're the foundation, God, of everything we do. And so, God, we just set our attention on you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, would you take a moment and let us know? We want to connect with you and we want to be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I want to say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.